But you think about that, how you feel. Wow. Oh, boy. Oh, It's a lot. <laughs> Let's just say it's a lot. Um, Bianca, hi. Hi. You look fantastic. Thank you very much. I took a shower. I got my neons on. Am I a cheap person? Here's a good example of how cheap I am. Um, somebody I know worked for... Um, Who's the kid who's married to uh, Kylie? Travis Scott Kylie. worked for Travis, oh, Travis Scott. Scott. She goes, a lot of times people will send Travis uh, clothes. Do you want them? And I said, oh, cool. Yep. And I got a bunch of T-shirts. This is oh, one of them. Oh, that's good. Hand me down. That's not a T-shirt. Um. So, uh, where do we even begin, Bianca? It's oh, wild. Wow. Wait, how does that? Wait, how does that story prove you're not cheap? No, I am. You cheap. took something. No, I'm cheap. Oh. I'm very cheap. You seem so, really like actually very giving. Oh, I am also giving. I'm a secret sweetie, right. as I texted you last night. <laughs> yes, you um, did. I am a secret sweetie. I uh, do a lot of <laughs> emotional upkeep that. on my peers. That goes unheralded because it's not anyone's business, but me and my peers. This is, this is, but I'm a secret sweetie and everybody knows that. Um, <laughs> and I'm a secret, I'm cheap. So, anyhow, I don't even know where to begin, <laughs> Bianca. There's it, I feel like this was the, I'm not gonna say this was the week where, what. We just got more. America got more divided. Um, I know, it's even getting... more. I'm not like we got. It was. It's just more noticeable. It's never like the. I don't think the divisions actually ever increase or decrease. They just get more um, horrifying. They get more horrifyingly visible. I feel like if this was the 80s, we would have unified. We would have been like together, brother. Like there was more of that. No, am I tripping? Yeah, I wasn't really uh, cognizant. No, because I think, um, I think that other, I think that, I mean, there would have been that, but it wouldn't have made a difference. It's not, you know, I mean, if you look at, you think about this being the most divided, you think, oh, this is the most divided we've ever been. Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy got shot in the same year. <laughs> like, uh, right. like uh, four years after, I'm sorry, Five years after uh, JFK got shot and a couple years after Malcolm X got shot, like people used to get fucking popped. So I was seeing video of Obama, something like it's a miracle. I think I know where you're going with this and it's a miracle. I was just thinking back and like, I'm actually, I think we're over assassinating people. I think that's a thing we used to do. You think we went too far with those assassinations in the 60s? <laughs> Maybe. But I just don't see someone doing like... Oh, you mean like, we're over no, it? Um, like we don't do it. We do other ways. We assassinate other ways. Yeah. I don't... It is interesting where when they say that a lot of mass shooters want to be famous. Yeah. And it's like, well, they... Uh, 
it's easy. It, the other thing about mass shootings is it's easy because they're defenseless. And it's right. I think it's gotten harder to kill the president. I don't think it's impossible. I just think it's harder to it's gotten harder security wise and it's gotten harder. They just have figured out, hey, don't don't ride in a convertible <laughs> or uh, or, you know, for instance, uh, but Bobby Kennedy for was shot at a rally. I don't know. I, and Martin Luther King was shot at a motel. We stay at nicer places. That's a um, without outdoor. That's we. And it's just it was only because white people didn't want to stay at nicer places. That's the only reason um, uh, MLK was uh, the only reason MLK got shot is because he was cheap and he wanted to stay at a motel. He could have stayed at a four. He was keeping he it was real. Cheap. He was keeping he just it real. Was like you know what? I mean, what am I even paying for, dog? That's a ripoff. Mini bars. Um. So you'll never yeah. get shot based on those criteria. I will never. You will never. Good luck getting <laughs> in a lounge, you poor assassin. And I mean, poor as in you know, you low income assassin. Uh, <laughs> come find me from my. Although you you've got whole uh, lounge theories now. Um, there were a number, I sent you a number of links yesterday. One of them was about social distancing while black. Um, one of them was about, uh, that article about, it's just about sometimes America like forgets to hide racism or there's certain things where they can't. That article I sent you about cities and and just like how cities are necessary, the New York Times article. It's called "The Cities We Need." Um, no, it was I don't sent think to you me by by um, by we'll call him Chris Rock. Um, uh, there is a stat in that article that is so fucking so baldly racist. What's this? What's the article about exactly? The article is about just how, basically, how racist America is, and how we've turned cities into almost like apart. It's there's kind of American apartheid in most major cities, and yeah. whether it's it's you know it's like they called areas of Chicago are like a country club where there's not. You don't have to, you know, enter past. It's not a gate, but you're 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 entering into a a, a much richer area, a much wealthier area, and uh, and it's just so different from from the rest of the city. There's more cops. There's nicer buildings. There's better infrastructure. Um, it's cleaner. There's better, there's better, better services. Um, yeah. So, and there's a quote from Martin Luther King uh, that you know, every city ends up being two cities rather than one. That's about Detroit, where he had to sit. Um, uh, Martin Luther King travels from Detroit to one of its affluent suburbs, Gross Point, with a police officer sitting on his lap to shield him from violence. Um, I can only hope. Are you? What the fuck? Wait. Yes, this is in the article that I sent you that you didn't. Open. No, you did. I, I didn't get them. I promise you, you did. Um, you uh, you just don't. You have ADD and you don't open certain shit. So you no, certain I shit just literally looking. Away. It's a New York Times one. I didn't get it. Yeah, I click. All, okay. I click all of your links. 
You you're good with the links. All right. Well, maybe I didn't send. Maybe I didn't think you were smart enough for it. Hmm. Um. Okay. So this is the thing that's that's uh, so disgusting. Um. It's just about segregation and how the good thing about the the good part about cities was that they they tried to integrate, but um they didn't even bother and now there are there are there they they just stopped basically and one of the ways they stopped is areas of cities where if you live in a city if you live in chicago you or there's one in in outside in baton rouge where there was a a basically a section of baton rouge that wants to secede from baton rouge so that their property taxes don't go to educating basically poor poor black people. Prop wow. the way what do this they is want the most to? racist current policy in America is that if that your property taxes are it's go directly to the schools. So the higher the property taxes, the better the school system. Right. Straight up. No one does it by state, or I'm sure someone does it by state, but but for right. the most part, it's it's that's it. So the public schools in a rich neighborhood are so much better than the public schools in in uh in poor neighborhoods. And therefore, you know, you're therefore like there's your outcomes. Right, uh, and it stays so, like that. Well, yeah, there's no get there's almost no reversing it. Um here's the quote. Uh so I sent it to Trayvon and 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 Roy. In Streeterville, this is about Chicago, a neighborhood of white affluent college educated families living comfortably in townhouses and high rise condominiums along the shore of Lake Michigan. A baby born in twenty fifteen could expect to live to ninety. Eight miles south, eight miles in Inglewood, a poor black neighborhood of low-rise apartments in the shadow of Interstate 94 in Chicago, a baby born in 2015 could not expect to reach 60. So there are eight miles dictates 30 fucking years of life. There is not a moral religious or philosophical ideology that can justify that besides fuck them. And you don't need um, racist policies. You don't need Jim Crow on the books to still have segregation. It's, it's, it's almost like you game the system. We'll still have it, but no one can say you're free to move anywhere you want. You're free to, you know, it's America. Yes, but you're not, it's not, it the starting the start is so unfair that right, right. it's like you know white people born on third base think they had a triple and i it's like black people aren't even born black people are born under the dugout <laughs> black people aren't even born on home base like at bat they don't even get to fucking be at bat it's like they're not allowed to bat sorry you're not allowed to have an at bat right. they weren't allowed to have an at bat till 1979 because uh, of redlining, et cetera, et cetera. Um, One of my friends was in um, 
spent a few years going to college in New Orleans in the 90s. And she said that she, she was a no was soldier. Just, Go ahead. <laughs> she was white. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, um, so she was... She was just exploring. Her friend was in town like, oh, let's just go get lost. Let's go explore. This was in New Orleans. But she went off the, like, tourist area. And there was one street in particular. And on one side of the street, it was all black. And the other side of the street, it was all white. And it was all white people on that side of the street. And it was all black people on that side of the street. And she wanted to go somewhere uh, um, to a place that was in the all black side of the street. And they went in and they left and they just kept walking on that side of the street. And a black person was like, you on the wrong side of the street, girl. And it's like, it's just a conditioning, you know, that people start well, accepting. Yes. yes. This is oh, where it we sounds like live. Not even menacing, probably the way that he said it. He no. probably just said it like, hey, you know, you might, you might actually get in trouble with white people for this. They don't want any trouble. They're like, just yes. stay on that side. No one can say we did anything to you. Yes. It wasn't like about her. It was about like, don't bring us any trouble. You clearly see the white people on that side of the street. Like, yes. what are you doing? Um, the, uh, yeah, like there's, there's, it's just so fucking racist it's it's breathtaking and it affects fucking every it affects first of all it's affecting um i mean that might be a wealth thing but the the amount of healthcare you can get particularly during the pandemic um you know i think black people and latino people and minor quote-unquote minorities are dying in greater rates partially because of probably you know i think there were there was an article where where it's like they weren't even getting test they couldn't get tests just shit where white people would have gotten tested and black people just were not um right. or that white people's word was taken for it but uh black people's or brown people's was not uh and the and then there's a the thing with social distancing where the other thing i sent you that that was on Maybe Charlemagne's Instagram. Yeah, it was but, Charlemagne's. Um, that you know, eighty percent of the arrests in New York are are black people uh, for social distancing. The um, funny they're thing giving is out that- masks to white people, and right. half the black people they're like tossing to the ground. Um, what and what is annoying to me is that when you see these white people protesting for their freedom. Um, a lot of the excuses, people from the NRA and a lot of conservative groups that kind of court the f- freedom, my rights sort of um, narrative, everything they are afraid happening to them is actually happening to black people. Mm-hmm. Everything. Police say, oh, like, overreaching government. Like, everything is happening to black people. I would actually respect what they were saying if they were like that black man's allowed to have a gun this is like or he's his rights are being infringed upon if they stood up for just injustice and oppression and their freedoms being taken away i would get it but uh, you know and just asking if asking it for all people but it's really just white people and that's when 
Like, you're so full of shit. There's somebody eight miles away that you should be marching for. Eight miles down the road that is actually getting their freedoms taken away. And we don't, we just hoodlum. When you think of a black guy with a gun, you think of something illegal. When you think of a white guy with a gun, you think like, yeah, that's right, He's fighting for his freedoms. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean. He's fighting tyranny. Well, this goes to. I didn't think. I was just saying I didn't realize the coronavirus would bring out. It's just exploiting how racist we are, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not to this degree. The, I didn't realize the, it was going to happen. The the the, the I was the, the way I said that that um, white people are or not white people. Uh, anyone who has kids is a climate change denier. <laughs> I don't. I think that it's. I don't think that they don't think climate change doesn't exist. Right. I think they just don't give a shit. I or think they're just that, not going to do something about it. I think white people can right? say, I think white people went from saying, ah, racism must not be that bad to seeing it on camera. And then the choice becomes, it's like, if I acknowledge this, I'm going to have to do something about it. Right. And so I think white people are somewhere between not acknowledging it or I think white people are moving closer to fuck it. (laughs) Life's too short. I got to get, I have shit I have to do. It's the, I have a joke in the new, in my new show that I'm when, when the COVID's over, but um, it's that, you know, when your mom comes home with groceries and she's like, come help me with the groceries. Right. And you're like playing video games or on the phone or whatever. And she's like, come help me. And you're like, coming. And then you don't move. <laughs> That's what white people do with racism. Where black people are like, come and help us. And we're like, coming. Right, I'll be there. Anyhow, I was saying, <laughs> this bitch thing I'm going to help her with groceries. I ain't doing shit. Um, and that's what white and they, people they, are- the groceries come in regardless. She doesn't. Yeah, wait like it's like, ah, she figured out. Just make another trip. <laughs> And with with uh, with racism, white people are like, ah, come on, <laughs> how bad? Well, you get shot every once in a while, so your cousin right. got killed. Or they, um, or you know, we look at it as that those two guys were wrong. It's like, no, 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 no. They got the idea from something bigger. This isn't just this isolated slice of cake. We can the be like, the shooter, shameful. the white shooter, was wrong. George yeah, Zimmerman just- is an outlier. George Zimmerman isn't a symptom. George Zimmerman is a one-man cause. Right. He's Everybody a one-man one cause man of racism. Yeah. One-man and, and the jury that found him innocent, not a symptom. Another outlier in a just system. Um, and it's embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. But here's the truth, Bianca, in the in the um, rush of life, in the high speed life moves at you fast. Life is short. Um, I think it's not a big concern for people. I just think they don't. I, I would say it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing the abstract in a moral way. But is it? 
I, it's like I, 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 you like it. I'm like dulled. The embarrassment has dulled within me because I'm just so it's I'm so used to it. I, I'm I don't so think- used to my own immorality, like on a right. on a it's again on like a sliding scale. And I'm just used to American immorality that it just seems like, well, that's the lay of the land. Yeah, it does feel like it. It feels like no one can. It feels like no one's believing this isn't a racist country. I know a lot of people growing up. I grew up in a majority white area, and tell your attitude. You'd think you grew up in a fucking <laughs> in a in an African hut. Go ahead. <laughs> Where'd you in go a up? tribe? Um. Yeah. So. It just feels like the things growing up is like, oh, racism's better. This, this false like idea that it's better now because we can work together, we can date. We're also in California. I'm also in California, so it's a, its own thing. Um, but it's just this like this thing that people kind of like. Oh, racism! Like when that topic comes up, better, improved, not going backwards. And now I really think people, no one can. Uh, no one can say that. I told you, I mean, I guess we'll talk about it in Doc Watch, but the, um, I watched the episode of Trial by Media about Amadou yeah. in New York. And I mean, we're, I just, everything looked like it happened last week. Yeah. It was really... Um, uh, upsetting. Upsetting and really disappointing that... You know, I really believe in the power of protest. I believe in the power of showing people like strength in numbers. Hey, government. Yeah. Like no matter how much you think you have power, the government hates when people gather together and create this one like narrative against them. No government is like, yeah, that's cool. But it just so many people protest. I'm not saying no good came from it, but it, it's the same thing. It's the same. Uh, four white guys were scared for their lives of this African dude pulling out his keys. I just, it's yeah. so annoying. I mean, the, the joke I always make is it's, you know, they, white people often mistake a wallet for a gun, but they never mistake a gun for a wallet. <laughs> exactly. They've never gone, I got shot. Why? Cause a guy took out a gun, but I thought it was a wallet ever. That's never, ever happened once ever, ever, ever. Um, but so, the fear of it has happened in court many times. That's the brilliance of like that one skit in the Chappelle show when the white guy had to go through what a black guy does in court. It's so good and true. That's the best. The, thing I, did time. I ever tell you how that sketch hilarious and true? It no. was because my sister, my white sister, was mad that Allen Iverson got to turn himself in. And Ken Lay from Enron got perp walked. Yo, why was your sister mad about that? Because my sister is a Republican. Okay, got it. Makes um, sense. They're never being I treated fair. More? I won't even say which sister because there's so many of them. There are so many. That you never, who knows who it was. Um. I will say it was not Anne because she has. I know. I knew it wasn't Anne. I need to cover. Anne has. Anne's a therapist. So I, she. It was not her. 
It legitimately wasn't her. So maybe it was one of my other sisters. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so so yeah, the the even the protest didn't help. I mean, the fact that they moved the Amadou trial to to um, I Albany, cannot- <laughs> like a hundred, like really far away, really really far away. Okay, what really pissed me off about that? Do you think this is hocus pocus, or do you think this is actually work? What if when you got your trial moved, it had to to be in a place with a similar racial makeup? Do you think that would that would even attack the problem, or do you think that's just like? I think. Well, I think that you should have to try the trial in the region it happened i get the reason for the law though i understand that like if there is if there is actually just the media storm and you don't i mean you hate we hate like cancel culture before anybody's really prosecuted i understand the need for that and the like due process and you kind of if everyone in the neighborhood's like this guy's a fucking idiot and i go back in the neighborhood saying that i let him off you know i do understand it I understand why the law exists, but, yeah, but you can't it, just basically you're saying it's it protects the anonymity of the jury. No, and it protects you from just being tried by the court of public opinion and something you don't like. Getting an objective like. jury. Yes, but it's the peers. It's Even the term peers is in what way? Right, right, right. Well, that for sure, but. I just start looking at it like, okay, but then again, has a black guy ever gotten a change of venue because the area was too racist or too against him? Like, it just feels no, like... Bianca, come on. It doesn't really of work. Not. It just keeps... Of course not. So, really, it was like, they're too racist to give him a fair shot. They're too, you know, biased. But, I don't know. The whole thing is fucking so shit. I, yes, I knew it. It's As I just was watching a it, I was second. Like, if you are not white, you are having a you are a second class citizen. Yeah, we should and, just admit and, it. Though. And, That's and the day to day, it's in the margins. But then when there's a thing like this, like a pandemic, you just go, oh, it it is very clearly like you go over there, you go over there. Right. Ooh, don't come here. Black, no, white we're parks closed. fine. Black parks. Blah, 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 blah. Um, there was a guy. Fuck, I can't remember. It was from the Trump administration. He said today or yesterday that the reason why so many minorities it's so worse with minorities is because they just have poor health. They, mm-hmm. They're so they're so sick that that's why the death rates up. It's because they're so poor, and it's like. I mean, he's not saying something totally wrong, but it's just so, it's so It goes to, it's the oldest, it's a, it's not even a chicken egg thing. It's, it's, it's the thing I say to white people, which is, okay, it's one or the other. Right. Either (laughs) the system isn't fair or black and brown, brown people are inferior. Which one is it? And what that guy is sort of implying is that black people, black and brown people are inferior. That is what he's saying is they can't, 
They can't fucking figure out how to eat. Yeah, like and look at them. Yes, like, like he can't. They they can't. They can't even figure out. These dummies can't even realize what fucking cholesterol is or what. Like they can't figure out what to put in their mouths. Um, which it sounds like me, but Bianca, that's not important. The important thing is that you, <laughs> you go. Well, like what? Me. Hey, sir, do you know what a food desert is? Um, do you know, like, for instance, sir, do you know what a food desert is? Sir, do you know that, like, the the shittier hospitals, shittier, shittier infrastructure that's not in intrinsically that can all be directly traced to redlining all these policies, all property tax instituted property by white people. Tax. Yeah. Property taxes. Even though there was a thing in the article, the city's article um, that said that, you know, it's like white people that live around central park. There is a fund to beautify central park now, or you could pay fucking higher taxes and beautify every park in the city. And um, they just want but, their park. They don't want it to go all over. They don't believe in a in the commons. They don't believe in the Commonwealth. Like that is a thing that is no longer even a an issue. I think it used to be an issue, and now it's um a guy. This guy Rick Wilson said something. It was on Al Franken's podcast today, and he's the guy who was um uh McCain's campaign uh chairman and then it stepped and then he left the republican party but he said something that rock has been saying for 10 years which is he said that trump is only the president of the people who voted for him and and uh he was saying rick wilson was saying you know when i i became friends with somebody in the obama administration and i visited obama's white house and i realized when i was there that obama wasn't my candidate but he is my president and mm-hmm. whereas trump is only the president of the people who voted for him and rock has been saying that that happened that started with george bush do you um, do you do you which know I why actually he, agree with do you know why he said that he what made him realize that about obama because obama invited him into the oval office and was kind and generous to a guy who was the chairman of a campaign against him. And Obama did it. I believe, I mean, again, Class act, I'm Obama. Liberal, so, Class yeah, I'm act. liberal. But I also think that, I mean, Clinton was the president of everybody. I mean, Clinton, Clinton was the president of everybody, and that's partially why uh, a lot of liberals don't like him is because he passed welfare reform in a way that was shitty, you know? Right. Um, so... Uh, you know, so but Rock's been saying since Fox News that 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 Clinton was the I mean, I would say Obama was president of everybody. He or he tried to be. He, they wouldn't he allow him. But no, no, no. He like, we don't he tried, want He would invite presidency. them and be like, fuck you. He'd send him an e-fight and be like, <laughs> spam. Blocked. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, so that goes to. This uh, yeah, it's just this bald fucking exposed racism that is. Uh, it's just it's like what do you yeah yes, and as a white person, uh, it's embarrassing and it's upsetting, and I try to support black people 
and black causes and <laughs> the problem and it's kind of it's it's not enough i know it's not enough and yeah. i don't know what the fuck to do about it the problem is that you know it's like um anything shocking like at first uh if you watch old episodes of jerry springer it was mm-hmm. like oh my god she slapped him and then at the end it was like weird and strange and like they just had to keep upping the ante and i feel like with racism the cool like it's nice that everything has a check and balance and the internet has been this check and balance to you know like getting people together easily and showing showing the situation but now i feel like we're so numb to seeing really fucked up things that the, it, now the, it has the drugs to be don't work Worse, yeah, exactly. We need like we need that hit. Now we, we need like, a we have dick a monkey. Our, now we need a fucking finger in our ass. Then we need a fucking. <laughs> then we need like now peg me. We need racial <laughs> pegs. <laughs> racial um, pegging. We need to be. Ra- oh America God. needs to be racial. That's all it takes now. Where we're like, what? It has to be a guy jogging. It has to be unbelievably and get, undeniable. It has to be so egregious it and beyond be. the pale like- to even get attention. Like the even that thing about the the stats, the thirty mile or the eight mile thirty year stat. That's a stat. You know, it's still it doesn't really hit you the way uh, exactly. a guy obviously jogging. Obviously, you didn't. A criminal doesn't run down the middle of the street with nothing um, on him. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I rob and then I to get away. I run down the middle of the rob street. And run. Um, yeah, it's the oldest. You know, it's the way uh, Bugsy Siegel used to do it. Um, um, so, well, the problem is okay. So, remember there was a girl Atiana that got shot because they went to. The neighbor called the cops to do mm-hmm. a welfare check and then just shot him when she was watching her nephew. So then the same thing happens with the Breonna, mm-hmm. the EMT that got shot. It's a similar thing, but it's like, it's the, it's the same. You know what I mean? We're numb well, to it and it doesn't the, get as much uh, You know what my brain did, I realize now? Wait, haven't I already paid attention to this? Right. Haven't and I it's only wait, gaining. Wait, there's right. a not like, it's like, wait, what? And then people are like you ran for for Ahmad, you get now you got to run for Beyond. I'm like, wait, what? I what? The problem is that when we get outraged and we feel and we get connected to a story and we're upset, and then that story's done, we think that's done. Like, okay, and no more of that kind of racism. Whew. And it's still there. It just feels yeah. like we dealt with it. It feels like we dealt with it. We suffered with this story. We don't know this person. We were there with them. And then that's why we need a new thing. But it's still happening. And the only reason why I think it's gaining traction is because uh, the guy who shot in self-defense is getting attempted murder charges on the cops. So it's like, I don't know. Well, it's he just- got charged for firing a warning shot, I think. His, the girl, The boyfriend. They shot her, and he took a gun out, and then they were. They, no, he, he got shot, charged. I think. Yeah, he got charged with attempted murder on police officers, but it was like plain clothes, um, no knock raid, wrong 
house. They told the judge false information to get the warrant. And the person they were looking for was already in custody. So they just thought, oh, Ooh, this is their trap call. house. Ooh, that, was, that one was right on the line. Right. Ooh, Ooh maybe we care. Ooh, we might guys, care. We might just care. Just one small mistake. <laughs> Oh. Almost made it, you guys. Ooh. They were scared for their lives. Hu- that's just human error right there. She um, pulled out a wallet. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Depressing. And, and it's fucking depressing. I know. Depressing. But think about how fucking depressing the sixties must have been. I'm and I don't say that like yeah, but but think about the feeling you have and then thinking about Martin Luther King and JFK and RFK getting shot within six months of each other. It's so funny that you said that. A friend of mine the other day took a drive up Malibu and we were chatting and he was like, yeah, man, it was just so nice. I played like surf music and there's like not that many people. And I was just thinking how great the sixties must've been. And I was like, yeah, for white people. And he's Mm -hmm. like, come on. You know what I mean? Like it, like I'm sure it wasn't terrible for everyone. I'm like, no, it was not good for a lot of... It was not yeah. good for to be black. And, like, people don't realize that the summer love... He's like, yeah, but you had summer love. Everyone was fucking black, white. Da, da, da. I'm like, that was a small portion of And people. also, what, there's like... they The one black guy at Woodstock is the one... Is like the one black guy at Woodstock. And then right, I think and like, at Altamont, the Stones concert, there's like three black guys there. One of them gets uh, killed. Well... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The speedway. Although maybe like, he had a gun, I can't remember. He had a wallet. But I um, saw a I saw a documentary on Summer of Love, like the, what it really was, and, and especially in San Francisco, and they show they played so much, like they, so many clips you never hear of, like talk radio, media, completely conservative, completely anti it. It was so small. Most people were not like, yeah, dude, that's just the most. Um, theatrical thing we can take away and keep saying and perpetuating but most people were like what are these fucking people doing and Martin so Luther King had a 75% disapproval rating the day he got shot it's not he wasn't he didn't have a coke commercial and uh they didn't he didn't have a day he didn't have any of that shit he had Where's fucking Kendall nothing. Jenner with a coke to solve this yeah. coronavirus um, he had nothing um and then we we both wrote about states opening up and oh, Wisconsin yeah. opening up and But you think and, about that how you feel Uh well I thought of a joke I thought of a I was watching you know white people doing push-ups on the street Yo, Um what how funny that It that was so funny me. you can't even I'm not they mad were at them at protesting not being able to exercise indoors by exercising <laughs> outdoors um it was like jogging crazy. for treadmills it was like just cross it was just crossfit because yeah fine. anyhow but i <laughs> had the thought of i thought of uh uh we'll call him chris's joke about um about n-words versus black people and i thought if i were a worse comedian i would do a tribute bit called white white people versus crackers oh my god every time do it every time white people try to do something good ignorant ass crackers come and fuck it up that was literally what i thought watch like it just like came into my head 
completely. (laughs) And, uh, and, and I sent it, I texted Chris and he was like, you hit the nail on the head (laughs) like that. I was like, is this how it felt? And he's like, yeah, basically. I mean, the, the difference is the, like the, the cost of being thought of as an N word when you were a black person was way higher than the cost of being thought you're a cracker when you're a white person. Like if I, if, if black people look at me as a cracker, it's just like, I'll never hear about it. Whereas if white (laughs) people look at you as an N word, they will treat you different. Um, is it, have you ever come across a better word than cracker and honky? I mean, they're so, they really feel old. Nigga yeah, and nigger the are only one old that, words. That but. still has any pop. It doesn't have much pop, but it has a little pop. I it do, feels I do like wonder old and desiccated and like ugly. Yeah, like someone calling you like a pecker. Yeah, like, like, a, like a Peckerwood like, was another one. Like Peckerwood, Peckerwood. That, that's yeah. what it was. And honky apparently came about because that's what they used to call white dudes who came to fuck black prostitutes who would honk the horn. So that's not even like a... That's, not, even that's, that's a like, diss on us. Even in that one, the white guy's getting, uh, getting pussy. Um, <laughs> so it's not, even a, it's not even a loss in any kind of way. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I don't, this is another, it's another one of America's divisions, which is white people and crackers. And they're, I, I don't, I hope that there are white people realizing that, oh, I was being a cracker. <laughs> I think that's all I can hope for is, and I think it statistically, or at least in the 2018 election, it was suburban white women who thought they were being white and it turns out they were being crackers. They in the 2016, <laughs> they thought they were being white by voting for Donald Trump, but it turns out they were being crackers. And um cracker ass cracker. Cracker ass crackers. And um and and now and then they voted they voted more liberal uh than mm. in, in twenty eighteen. So hopefully that'll that'll continue. But that's a, it's just so fucking dumb. It's so dumb. And these people are so illogical that you don't even know. A guy came at me last night on Twitter and I was like, sir, what are you saying? Like he was just on some like, (laughs) it was like redneck. It was so convoluted that I wrote a response that got like a thousand likes because it was so. What did he say to you? I'll I'll say because it's fucking funny. Um, I said that um, my original tweet was 2010. The quote was, "I'm not, uh, I'm not racist, but," and then the 2020 version of that is, "Look, every death is a tragedy, but." Like it's this, it's basically the same thing, which is I'm fucking racist and whatever. Right. So a white guy whose name was Rance himself and <laughs> his name is immune to Kung flu. And his, <laughs> his, uh, his, um, uh, it hit one of his pictures is I laugh so hard. I hurt my balls with a picture of Michelle Obama 
And it says, I love my wife, my kids, fantasy football, and President Trump, and then MAGA, and then hashtag MAGA, hashtag CAG. I don't know what that means. Um, So then he wrote to me after Every Death is a Tragedy, but you are only relevant because of a show that had a skit about a racial draft and a black white supremacist yet want to call racism. It's okay to label racism as funny if you're surrounded by black people, but now that Chappelle isn't paying bills, white people aren't are racist. Now that Chappelle isn't paying bills, white people are racist. Okay. In which I responded, uh, sir, I don't know what you're saying here, but white people are now and have always been racist. And in terms of Dave, in terms of bills, Dave lent me a thousand dollars in 1993, but I paid him back when the half baked shake came in in 1997. So I don't even know. And then it's just a lot of like, wait, what? It's just they're so mad. And they have such a fucking soup of nonsense in their head from watching from watching Fox News and and being on fucking reading memes that don't make sense. And just Michelle Obama's a man and Hillary. And he referred to Hillary as Killary at one point. And Joe Biden's a pedophile. And it's just a fucking, it's a soup of nonsense. It's just like, dude, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And they don't really know. They just like, it's just not like, there's actually a big um, section in the Atlantic Monthly this week, the theatlantic.com, um, about how, it's about how paranoia and, and, and conspiracy theories have flooded america yeah it's always been there there was a book called fantasy land that i read last year that was good there's a book called antisocial that was good around mm. this stuff but it's just it they don't even know what the fuck they're taught they don't, don't even make sense they I contradict read, I, themselves and it yeah it makes like the bilderberg seem rational um i read an article I meant to forward it to you and it was like a psychological breakdown of who conspiracy theories are like people who really, and it's always like, fuck, what is it? It was, um, low agreeability rates, Mm -hmm. um, have like an insecurity about like being knowledgeable, education, low education. Yeah. I'm not saying that like always poor. It's not even saying low education. It's because they don't understand. It's because they didn't master something and they want to they want to be able to be I don't know a grio or some shit. So it's like yeah. uh it's weird. And the funny thing is, let me tell you something, okay? I don't mind a conspiracy theory here and there. I hate like them. Innocuous. Hate them across the board. Totally. I like innocuous ones. Like, I don't know, aliens. Sometimes when I hear something I'm like what aliens because uh-huh. it's it doesn't make it doesn't matter and we can't prove it and i don't know i just think like it's not that big of a deal and i don't believe most of it but i i don't know i, I like spooky things so in my head i'm like yeah i don't yeah i don't see it as entertaining like, i think it also has to do with uh how about upbringing in terms of uh, most conspiracy theories have a uh, have a uh, basis in hating authority, right? 
and thinking yeah, authority yeah. is corrupt. And, and they're not telling you the and truth. And they're trying to control that. you and they're fucked up. I grew up in Catholicism, right? I grew up, my, I don't think my parents, I never thought my parents were corrupt. I thought, and even as I age, I just think that they're human and fallible and they're extremely human and they have, they had personal shortcomings. They they had shortcomings that were personal to them. I don't think that they were egregious, right? But the Catholic Church taught me that people are just self-interested hypocrites. I don't, the I, but I don't believe that there's, even within the Catholic Church, I don't believe that there's a cabal of pedophiles. Right. I believe that most of the pedophiles were not working in cahoots with anyone. I think they got caught, and then their boss was like, what the fuck? And then was like, I gotta fucking move you. And even if the boss was a pedophile, he wasn't, he was just like, it was more a work thing and less like a, I believe in pedophilia, so now I'm evil and I'm going to, hey, by the way, slip me that kid's number and I'm going to fuck him. And I don't think that there was any, any networking involved other than you're fucking with our money and you're fucking with like our church, you're fucking with our organization. But I don't think that there was a, like a grand plan. I think that right. every one of them was there were at tops three people involved within the church, like the the molester, his boss, and his boss's boss. And I think they were all like, "What the fuck?" I don't think it was, you know, the boss's boss, the cardinal or the pope or whatever, might have known a lot of, obviously knew about a lot of these cases. But I think a lot of it was just like, "What the?" F-? I think it was all sort of panic decisions. And not big picture. So I don't, I believe in that in terms of that's kind of the way the world works. I don't believe in massive. I think the only way conspiracy works, it's not even conspiracy. I think you can have a plan that two or three people are involved in. But I, you know, but I don't think it's a conspiracy. Like right. is the Watergate so- break in a conspiracy? No, to me, it's just a crime. That they got busted. Well, conspiracy like, is an can- actual crime. There is like an right, actual- but I'm saying it, the conspiracy to me involves massive, uh, not even a massive effects because uh, Watergate would have had a massive effect, but massive plans and massive, um, uh, it, like systemic. I mean, this is already a legal you know? definition. Like a systemic, a a thing that would have a a systemic thing. Obviously, like the Tuskegee experiments were pretty systemic and were, were, it was a crime. And I don't know how many, how many, probably a hundred white people knew and 50, the 50 victims. Um, And that, that to me is a conspiracy and the cover up of it was a conspiracy. No, so there are conspiracies. Not conspiracy theories are just like someone being like, "I'm taking these pieces and putting them together and making my own conclusion that they can't fully prove." They have a hunch, blah blah blah. blah. It's really broad. Here's the my, red. Let me just say, like redlining was a conspiracy. Well, so for me, there's two types of conspiracies. I believe, like, 
the conspiracies against in this country against black people, like a lot of them are fucking conspiracies when they're obvious. We've talked about a few where it's just like oh, people conspire gerrymandering, redlining. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff yeah, is not. That's absolutely a conspiracy. So, I, but I would say Watergate's not a conspiracy. Okay, I don't know. Just because it's a few people, it would have been a conspiracy if they if they got away with it, if they had affected the election and et cetera, et cetera. But it was a snuffed conspiracy. So my original point on the conspiracy days, growing up, very like boring household, suburbia, everything's fine. So my friends and I used to listen to Coast to Coast sometimes. And it was like, aliens, what the fuck? This is so wild. Mm -hmm. Like, what are these things? Like as a kid, right? One day, so that's what I meant by innocuous. It's just like, that's like weird. So one day I dropped my friend off at her hotel and I went, tried to, I tried to get to my car and I actually went to the wrong level and I ended up at like some weird mezzanine, um, like, uh, like a con, like a, I think it was like an alien con. And I was like, this is hilarious. People are gathering to talk about this. And I went through and it was, so weird it was all white people all seeming not poor but off the grid real Mm -hmm. fearful real quick to get like deep into a very passionate discussion about fucking strange shit they all made their own documentaries (laughs) i'm so sad i didn't buy them they were terrible looking. Like the graphics are just so yeah, of bad. Course. That's why I'm like alien stuff. It's like, come on, look at the graphics. You can't really take it in the series. Please. But they were so, their whole lives surrounded this thing where I really believed almost like a religion. Like if you could prove them wrong, like I think a lot of them would like, I don't know, commit suicide. Yeah, but you can't, yeah, you can't prove them wrong because they have two, they don't, there's, their belief system is so porous that there's nothing to even there's no basis that you can knock out that they'd be like, oh, and the whole thing crumbles. They just be like, it's like when, you know, it's like if you're in a cult, right. the guy will say, hey, the earth's ending on Friday. God told me the earth's ending on Friday. And then everyone goes like, did you hear brother Neil said the earth's ending Friday? <laughs> and then and then Friday, the earth doesn't end. And Saturday I go. I got some bad information. There was a, they hacked my yeah, brain <laughs> and, and then everybody goes, okay. Cause they want to believe they've just got, it's the, the thing we were saying about that. The relationships are not hard work. By the way, do you see how much hate I got for that? No. Um, like a lot of people like you're fucking wrong. And the funniest one was somebody said, um, yes, yeah, said the single guy at 46, um, which was fucking hilarious. Are you 46? Yeah, dude. Oh, I thought you were 43. No. All those Apparently. supplements are working. <laughs> <laughs> looking good. Um, looking pretty good. Uh, so, you, it, the same way it's like they have, they'll just work hard to, they already have, it's the sunk cost fallacy. It's like, I've already got all this time in, so let me just, what's a little bit more? I've already put two years into this bad relationship. What's another year? What's another year that of as this like bad cult I'm in? Or, yeah. Yes. Um, it's the same sort of thinking, which is, well, I'm already fucking here. I'm already here. 
Right. I have all the guns. It's like the reason America, you know, loves fighting wars is because we have fucking so many guns and bombs. We just, you don't want, it's like bananas rotting. If if you want to (laughs) make, eventually you fucking make banana bread. We got to make banana bread. Because you're like, fuck it. Like, yeah, let's invade. Yeah, Syria. Okay, yeah, we got like a bunch of bombs that are about to expire. Let's fucking. Otherwise, we look really fucking stupid. Yeah, we we look paranoid and crazy. Yeah. But that was the turning point where I thought, yeah, like the, 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 whether aliens exist or not is completely, it's mutually exclusive for my life. It doesn't matter, really. And I thought everyone else had this lightheartedness about it. And when I saw people living their entire lives surrounded by this thing that will never affect you, ever, it doesn't matter. It's just like, Mm-mm. why aren't you protest? Why aren't you concerned about the things we do know? Which are yeah. also is troubling, um, because then they have I, to do some. It's it's they like the not was, they like, you know. They, it was like they, a fucking. It was weird. It was weird to realize that, like, oh, you you believe to the point you're dedicating a large portion of your life to this thing that you think you're there's a th- imminent threat. You think it's. You thought there were white people, Bianca. They were crackers. <laughs> I got some bad news for you. Those white people, Bianca, no. were crackers. Let's bring them on out. Um, <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of big, there's a lot of small stories this week. The one small, I wanted let's to, hit him. Let's hit him. Uh, so Ronan, Ronan, there's an article about Ronan Farrow today. My buddy Ronan Farrow from the New York Times um, mm-hmm. saying that all of his stories were not properly sourced. They they don't they don't doubt the the truth of them. Oh. Like the 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 headline is true, but the specific methods he used in some cases were faulty. And like no, they weren't double sourced. They weren't, and that's fucked up because it. I don't think any of them were in the New Yorker. Um, but somewhere in the New York Times, somewhere in were on MSN, like he didn't. Some of it was just a little dodgy, and I feel like people come for Ronan though, because let's do every like if all journalists were held to the if people were writing articles on how good of a journalist you are, I feel like a lot of people would have slight dodginess in their past. Yeah, I don't I think that no one can throw a perfect game. But it was just interesting. Like some of the stuff where you're like, okay. Oh, that's like fair. What? There was stuff in the Matt Lauer article where Ronan it's a lot of it was in his book. Uh where you know Matt Lauer the woman Matt Lauer sexually assaulted the woman. She walked out of the his office and went to talk to her boyfriend who was working on the show and uh but he didn't but Ronan didn't ask the ex-boyfriend or didn't ask the boyfriend if that's true you know what i mean like I there was see. not I enough see. there were sections of of there were things he posited as facts without um without without verification uh or jumping to now I, but I, but I think Matt Lauer was a rapist, and you know right, did right. the shit that he was accused of. But 
you know, if we're try if if it is trial by media, you need you got to have your evidence lined up. Like it's got to be. It can't just you know. It wouldn't it wouldn't not like it wouldn't hold up in court because in the case of Harvey, it did hold up in court. But there's just read the article. It's in the New York Times. I'll fake send you the link. Um, How you feel, Neil? Some sports came back. NASCAR came back. Well, UFC's been back. NASCAR came back. Golf, I think, is back. And they're talking about baseball coming back or starting and maybe basketball. There was Bianca, cornhole on the other day. You watch these, like they showed footage from the Olympic practice that Michael Jordan and Larry Bird and Barkley and like the greatest team ever, Magic, the dream team. And apparently it was like the greatest games ever played. But uh, you know what a you know what a you know what sports are without fans? Practice. <laughs> um, they it is not very interesting. It's kind of interesting, not like not. It's not that interesting. Not without fans. It's just not. It just feels hollow. Um, it doesn't mean it is. It just means it seems like it. It is. I'm now. It now. You realize without fans that this this is just practice because leagues right. are made up, divisions are made up, teams right. are made. It's all fake. So like it's we're from fake. we're from Indiana, <laughs> and we're gonna. And it's like no, nah, I have to live in Indiana during the season. <laughs> I'm living in LA. I'm really from LA. Um, are you um like desperate for any kind of sports, or do you only like the the ones you like? Uh, I only like the ones I like. I like. I think the fans add so. It's like comedy. It just adds so much. Um, now, having said that, comedy on the internet is can you can I can enjoy comedy without an audience. Like, there's plenty of shows without laugh tracks that I think are very funny. Um, right, but not stand up without an audience. But but no, not stand up, and also. Um, but there are there are like I think of high like people like doing dope dunks in a backyard are just not even the dopest dunk like you need a hundred people to react right, right, right. most of the and one mixtape yeah I was gonna say going and like, one oh you don't even know if it's good or not I mean that's kind of what that kid that who like oh that meme where he raps and it's bad rapping and like I'm not a rapper and all oh. um. That's mostly making fun of the reaction is like it's like deaf comedy jam. It's like uh, the crowd was a big part of it. The crowd was um, now. I'm not so saying Bernie great. Mac's not fucking hilarious, but the Bernie Mac plus no. a fucking bunch of people running back and forth, stomping their feet. Well, even is, when they, um, even in In Living Color, when they spoofed Def Jam, yeah. like there was a lady giving birth in the giving crowd, birth, like yeah. cracking, like it's like yeah. that's the funny part. Part of the fun, yeah. Um, so shout out to Stan Lathan for directing Deaf Comedy Jam and making sure that the audience was visible. Um, good job, job, Stan. You (laughs) handsome motherfucker. Um, and okay, a couple things that I I got apologized for. I said that Prince didn't really have any hits in the nineties. Prince had a lot of hits in 1990 and 91. Get off, kiss, um, sevens. Oh, that song. 
Um, and another one from that um, record. Wow, late. I thought that was Prince. I thought it was Neil. Got apologize. I thought it was Prince. Yeah, sorry, Will. Thank you, thank you. I we were, I, I jumped the gun. I was so I was ready to apologize. Uh, he had a bunch of hits, and my mistake. Another guy thought he was gonna. He thought he was catching me by going like Beyonce doesn't hasn't sold more records than than um than Rihanna or, or, or Rihanna hasn't sold more records than Beyonce and then I linked to the article that said she had um and Lynn Shelton died who was a director who was dating Mark Marin yeah. and she died on Saturday of a blood disorder and it was not COVID. Um, and she was a fucking super cool chick and she would come to the store and she was also a really good director. She directed like a lot of like mumble core movies, like a lot of like small people talking movies, but she was, they were cool. Um, Wait, name one of them. I forgot the name of one. It just kind of uh, came out. Yeah. Um, the one that just came out was, uh, the sword of truth or whatever that Marin was in. Um, Oh, um, oh, oh, here it is. It's she little fires everywhere. Yeah. She directed a bunch of, she did a lot of TV. She did Mindy project. She did, um, she did a lot of Marin show. She directed Marin specials. Um, Oh, wow. They were dating for a long time. How long were they dating? Two years? I don't know. Multiple specials. That's. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't know if they were dating on the first one. So I think they worked together and then wait a minute. Lynn. Wait a minute. I. What if I told you I found myself as a single man? What would I say that? You would say my body is attracted to your body. My body is attracted (laughs) to your body. What what you trying to do? A hump day. Uh yeah, she but she she was fucking she was she was great. Oh. She was an a great artist and a and a great person and really like lo- fucking nice and fun and like man, like a really fucking quality person. Um, How is Mark doing? Awful. I just said that I just saw that he did a heartbreaking podcast. Um, and uh, somebody's calling a rapper is calling me. Um, that I'm not gonna take. Um, so, um, I texted with Marin Saturday night and he was fucked up, but I think it was good that he was communicative, yeah, meaning, uh, if he was just like, hey, and he wasn't, he was, I think it's, he was himself, if that makes sense. Like, he was yeah. verbal about it. I think the biggest risk for Marin is, uh, you know, sobriety. I think that's the thing that he needs to worry about. Because this is when people lose their sobriety. It's like deaths and emotional shit. Well, and um, it's like, you guys can't go to the store. No one can really be around each other to like. Help. There's not yeah, support systems are down, so to speak. 
in fact, Michael Phelps, I saw on ESPN today, was saying how it's been really, his depression has been really bad um, from the isolation. Um, so, yeah, but I, but I, the fact that he was verbal struck me as um, a good sign. Now, I won't say what he said, but he was, he's, no, don't say what he said, wrecked. I'll say that he's wrecked. Um, so, uh, anyhow, let's, you know what, Bianca? And then there's some, uh, uh, there's some, some doc watches. I right, let's do it. Doc watch. You, uh, struggled with that. <laughs> no. Really funny. Um, <laughs> Now, all right, there was one that I watched a couple weeks ago that has been not taken down, but it was like premiered on Amazon, supposed to premiere at South by Southwest. Um, and it's called uh, TFWNGF, The Feeling okay. When No Girlfriend. And it's basically the feeling about, when no. Okay. It's basically about um, incels. Yeah. It's basically say. about guys that that are cannot get a girlfriend and cannot have sex. No one wants to have sex with them. And they have they're just fucking angry and they're displaced people. Mm-hmm. They're people that would 30 years ago, 40 years ago been working in a factory then after work would have gone to the bar, had a couple drinks, come home, ate something, and then passed out and rinsed and repeated. And then on the weekend, they would have worked on their car and mowed their lawn and emptied their gutters. But now they got nothing to do. Uh, and then murdered prostitutes. <laughs> they can't get, yeah, they can't. I mean, it. so when it comes back out, I don't know where it's going to come up, but but it's, uh, it's fucking Is it good? It is good. It's well made. I'll say that because it's pretty slight subject matter, but it's well right. made and made by a woman, and which I thought was interesting in light of yeah. it being about guys that don't don't like women so much. Ostensibly, um, mm. they don't like feminists. They don't like they don't like the. They're just they're basically trolls. It was basically like, hey trolls, how'd you get like this? Right. And. It was interesting. It's interesting. It's not exactly sympathetic, but it's not. It's somewhere between sympathetic and and uh, an attack. The funny thing is, I lived with an incel for almost nine years of my life. Um, I had a roommate, and I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to give too much, but he just—I don't think he listens. But um, it was weird. It was like living in a social experiment. Of what happens if a man doesn't get physically touched by a woman for his whole life, almost his whole life. Uh, then he, while I was living with him, he turned 30 mm-hmm. and was like, not really drunk. And was like, I just thought I would have been with a woman by the time I was 30. And it's so funny because every single guy friend of mine is like, just give him a little pussy. I'm like, that is not <laughs> how that works at all. Like, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but every single guy's reaction was like, 
just fuck him. And I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, but yeah, so he didn't have a woman. And it wasn't even just a woman, like a hug, like no, nothing. And it was weird. And he eventually. Here's a question uh, that's be- like pretty loaded. But it speaks to what you do about guys thinking like, just give him some pussy. Is there a world in which a guy, could you, if someone's like, I'll give you $10,000, actually take the money out of it, take it, could you have sex with someone you didn't know, didn't dislike or like, just sort of neutral, and if you lubed yourself up, this is such a fucking weird question. Could it be a neutral experience? Would it could it be could it be anything but negative? Would it just automatically be so fucking horrifying, or could it just kind of just be like going to the gynecologist where you're like, uh, I don't know, fucking do your do what you're gonna do? I don't know. I don't think that's a very easy question to ask. If someone is like can has like a history of being able to disassociate when they fuck. Which is a whole other thing. I think it's. I'm fine. not even like, talking about disassociating. It's like then how can it could, be? Like it's like neutral? could I get a blowjob from a woman I was not attracted to? But that's different. And the because answer it's is like an yes. Ex- yeah, for sure. But that's different because uh, mouth yeah. is kind God, of a mouth yeah, to exactly. it. And like yeah. uh, like you're entering in me, like you're pushing the air out of my yeah. body, and and we're connected. And so I I don't know. I don't want to speak for most women because I think plenty of women can be like. Yeah, let's fuck. But I, I think that's a specific type of relationship you have with sex. I also, there would have to be something you got out of it. If I really didn't want to do it and I am not attracted to you and I, maybe there's like It a, would just feel bad. I mean, that's the thing about sex is it is so invasive for women. Well, yeah, but it's, I, but it's just funny that like, I think a guy could just fuck if it's, there's a girl that was a virgin that was unattractive, I think a guy could be like, I'll fuck you, oh, whatever. I literally like, yeah, just get me a beer or something. <laughs> <laughs> just be like, yeah. Get me good. a just salad like, from fucking, Sweet Green. Yeah, just um, like, yeah. I, yeah. Like, for real, it wouldn't even be, because it's not, it is not, somebody did a joke, it's like women are hosting a party and men are just going to the party. Um right. So and you don't have to clean up afterwards. You don't have to do anything before or after as a as a guy as a as a as a erect penis. You the requirements and the it's just very the it's very minor requirements. Um, um, uh, and then we talked about Trial by Media, which is on Netflix, um, and is uh, is. You know, really? the Amadou one is good. The Jenny Jones one they put Jen- first, which I found mm. a little a little bit, I don't know. It just felt like too, it, someone on Jenny Jones killed somebody else afterward. Like they would, they did a, someone right. has a secret crush on you. It was a, it was a gay guy, had a crush on a guy. And then the guy ended up shooting him afterward, uh, like a few, few days later. Um, and not a bad case just kind of seemed like, I don't know. It's, it, I don't know. I wouldn't have led with it, but, but, yeah, uh, I but think the one, it's, there's really good, you know, information in them. 
No, they're good. The Blagojevich one. I like. Yeah, I watched that last night. That was kind of good. That one was really good. He's a uh, good fucking goofball. But I don't. They didn't really reveal much. I'll say that. It was just like, hey, remember that? You yeah. know what? I do think they're trying to show is how, you know, it's obviously how sensationalized the me- media got ran with it. I don't know, mm-hmm. though. I feel like um, they should restructure them if to really show the media's because they kind of go do both, like dealing with the case and then showing the media attention and how the media played into it. But I don't know. It kind of feels like they're doing a compromised version of both. Whereas, uh, yeah, I, it's not a good. There's not a ton of information. And I don't, I don't assail the filmmakers. I think I met one of the yeah. guys. Like, it's just like the. Some of them are I, like some of them are just a, like a little thin premised in well, that, that. I don't I would, think the media affected the Amadou Diallo thing. No, that's the thing. Or show or I wish this was more of a look inside media, how things get how cases Yes, blah, blah, blah. explain Who? ratings. That's what it's, just like yeah, literally explain, explain, explain court TV. Explain like yeah. There was explain not how do the talking that. points? How do the talking points get to all these networks? Like these things that you aren't super privy to. I would love these different cases being, you know, put through the like Plinko machine of yeah. media. Like I would like to see that. So just feels like you're getting a, a Wikipedia version of the trial and like. A general version of the media, but I saw a documentary. I like true crime now. I don't know if you love true crime. Go. Um, it's called Shadow of Truth, and it's <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> I feel like they're all called Shadow of Truth. I know. Uh-huh. I was like, this is the most generic name, but basically, it's they say kind of making a murderer of Israel. So it's about this murder that happens in in Israel of this child or this teenager. And a confession happens and then all of this evidence, like I thought the documentary was just one or two episodes. And then there was more episodes and it was just like all this other evidence comes out. And it's just interesting to see a justice and a justice system in a different country. But it's all kind of works like you'd think a documentary would work. About a true crime? Um, unfair there's also an old front line called A Class Divided about racism that's fucking great. Like, super cool. Um, and, like, watch it. Watch it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Well, 
let's do some emails. It's time to check that email. <laughs> You've got mail. Hey, Neil and Bianca. Just curious to know, more so from Neil, um, your thoughts on how to find a good therapist, tips and tricks. Go, Will. Um, things to look out for. You start to look at therapists online, it gets pretty overwhelming with all their credentials. And I'm kind of a baller on a budget. Don't want to have to go to multiple therapists to find the right one. Any thoughts, tips, recommendations, advice would be very much helpful. You guys are the best. See ya. Thanks. That guy does not... That guy doesn't look unlike me. <laughs> Someone said y'all y'all look like cousins. I'd be like, eh. um, and by if a person, I mean a black person. I was like, y'all y'all look like, y'all look like cousins. Um, uh, here are my tips for finding a therapist. Go to different types of therapists. Go to there is the Freudian therapist. There's Jungian therapist. There's um cognitive behavioral therapist there are diff- go to at least three different types of therapists and see what therapy you like because therapists do a thing which is fucked up because it's a business which is they don't tell you about other types of therapy that would work better for you uh-huh yeah they just don't um and it's like if they come if you come to a volvo dealer they're not going to tell you about mazda like they're yeah. just not going to which i get but it's like guys we're talking about fucking mental health um right. so go to a just go to go definitely go to a cognitive behavioral therapist um i'd say freudian and then uh look up the types and then see what the or see what the most common ones are i i wish i'd gone to a cognitive behavioral therapist earlier like 20 years earlier. I went to a, of the wrong to... therapist in New York for a long time. What what um what kind of therapist was she? Or she? I think she was a Freudian, but uh, you knew she was wrong cuz she just she wanted to talk about my dreams, which is like you're fucking dreams? out of your mind. No, no, no. You're out of your fucking mind. Um so so yeah, that's the good luck. And get out of that neighborhood. It does not look good. Goodbye. <laughs> It looked industrial. Ooh, look at this handsome <laughs> motherfucker. Ooh, hi. Got edges. You've got mail. <laughs> stupid What's up, Neil and Bianca? I'm a light-skinned black man living in Tokyo, Japan. My father's black. My mother's white. I'm from the West Coast, and throughout my life, I haven't experienced much in terms of overt hostile racism, whereas my darker-skinned friends have. For example, the police here in Tokyo have stopped them and searched their belongings for no reason, or taking them down to the station to ask them about drugs and other nefarious acts. Um, I am six foot two, 225 pounds, so I understand I'm not an easy mark, but I don't think that would be a factor when it comes to police. And so do you think my lack of experiencing these things is due to my hue? <laughs> what Nick's thinks and how hue. Bills feels? Hue. First of all, hi. Come fuck <laughs> Bianca, first of all. Come, oh, no, fuck. No, no. she will. It, we will test the theory. Could she fuck a guy that she does not know and has no feelings toward one way or the other? It was sexy. It was like, blushing. Oops. Look at her blush. 
You see it happens right look at, here. Look at little brown girl blush. Yeah, a little little pink, little pink. Hey feeler. Up. Hey feeler. I'm bald eagle, baby. So you know what? My brother spent a lot of time in Japan. And he got stopped, followed. The Japanese are fucked. They have a very lovely guise of um, pleasantries and tradition and politeness, but they're really uh, ethnocentric amongst everybody, not just black people. Like, so I'll defend them as equal opportunity races. They, there's places that if you're not Japanese, you can't go. When I was in Thailand, I don't know if you saw this, there were so many Japanese spots that says Japanese only in Thailand. Uh. You know, so I do believe it's this, even their immigration laws are fucking wackadoo. You have oh, they, to. They don't come in. Like, is there immigration not, laws? Oh, you're half black, half Japanese? Yeah, black. You're not Japanese. Yeah. Like, they're really Japanese. They really want to maintain. And I get it, but I don't know. It doesn't age well in the world. It's like, damn, okay, Japanese people. But they get away with it because they're. Uh, I think because it's covered. cute because they got fun. They got like little outfits and they got stores. <laughs> <laughs> they're LARPing. They're LARPing. They're they're LARP 24 seven LARPing. Um, um, but that guy is good looking. So he probably that guy is. I believe that has more to do with anything. That was I believe his hue helps. But I also think that he's just handsome. <laughs> he does not look like a criminal in quotes. He looks like uh like a he looks like a celebrity he looks famous yeah he looks hot as hell jesus bianca i've never never seen this side of you it's so <laughs> upsetting it's like looking see my mom fuck um, oh my god uh, no <laughs> um goodbye yeah uh you've got mail hey neil and bianca Neil, in past episodes, you talked about how it's hard for men and women to be friends because they naturally have different interests with not much in common and men ultimately just trying to sleep with them. I agree with this completely with very rare exceptions. When I was on the dating scene, I ended up befriending or falling into the friend zone with a few women, some of whom were really cool and I had a fun time hanging out with. I did keep up my friendships with them just in the off chance they hit me with that random booty call. Now though, I'm in a great relationship with a girl but these previous friendships I had are still lingering and I don't see the value in trying to maintain these friendships as they still want to hang out. I wouldn't expect my girlfriend to be okay with it, nor do I need her to. Plus, I don't think it would be that enjoyable hanging out casually as friends without striving for some sexual goal. My question is, is it okay to ghost these girls similar to how women ghost men on the dating scene? I have no problems with them and don't want them to think of me negatively or hurt their feelings. So do I owe them an explanation? And if I try to explain, do you think they would understand or just feel like I'm an asshole? How Neil feel and what Binky thinky? Go, Neil. I'm not going to say it's the greatest question we've ever had, but that's a fucking good question. It's a great question. Um, well, it's funny that I hope women hear that. By the way, uh, it's we it's. Listener wise, it's uh we have a quarter women, so it's not it's not an all male locker room. I get so um, many women that reach out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know because women are comedians. feels more. Feels yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Um, <laughs> and I, it's fun. I hope women hear that's what a guy's thinking. I always say when when someone a woman's like I am always friends with my ex. It's like 
guys are always cool with their exes because they want to be able to have sex with them. They want the option of sex going forward. Um, that guy was basically saying he was friends with these women on the hopes they, I'm sure they didn't know that he was hoping. No, for sure. sure they just thought like, no, they're just like friends. He's so fun. (laughs) Um, so the way he does chores for me, he's fun. Um, and I think that if I were you, I would, I think a way to get out of it is to say that, and it's kind of a lie, but it'll, it'll, it'll serve two purposes. It'll keep the sex lines open. Um, is you say, <laughs> you say, look, now that I have a girlfriend, I realized that I was kind of looking for something more with you. And so now it feels wrong now that I have a girlfriend to be, um, to be, uh, you know, like pursuing, I think that's not purely platonic for me. Feels right. like a du- duplicitous my girlfriend. Be like, that's but actually very nice. It is nice. And it also serves the great, uh, the pussy purpose. Neil Brennan's pussy purpose trademark um, <laughs> is that in when you if and when you break up with a girlfriend, you can go, hey, I'm single again. But now that you know, I that I had I had I you know I was being a little using I was being a ch- using some chicanery that was being a little shysty last time. If you if you are open to whatever we had before. Just know that I kind of am interested in a whatever, something a little bit more. Right. Well, okay. <laughs> okay. So that's actually very nice. The first thing you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the first thing you said because it's really Yeah, yeah. Honest. What about the second thing? No, no. Wait. One thing. First thing's first. Um, the thing is, this is the weird part because I have guy friends that are actually my guy friends. I'm friends with their girlfriends and- when their girlfriends are gone, I'm like, yeah, fuck that bitch. And when a new girlfriend comes, I'm nice. Like, just a friend. Like, for real friends. And mm-hmm. then there's guys that it's like this. Mm-hmm. And you just know that when they start dating a girl, you don't see them. Like, I would never be like, hey, let's get ice cream. Like, feels a little, I don't know. One, if they know you have a girlfriend, hmm. You know, you're assuming a tone that that the girls may not share with you, meaning, you know, this thing like that guy kind of wants to fuck me and I'll kind of milk it a little bit um, where they're just like, we're just friends. It sounds like. And I mean, I hope they're not that it's just like how you can't. It just depends. There's like I have guy friends and I have guy. There's guys like that and they're so different. It's not, it's like a trend friend. You right. Know? But it's are like you a, think, are you also thinking of, of taking it to the next motherfucking level with them? No, these are guys like, let's say I've been on date with, and then I've been very clear, like, nah, you know, not feeling it. And then they just keep, they won't leave you alone. These feel cool more enough. vague. Like the, the guy from what I heard in his message or the way I interpreted it was that it seems like it's a little vaguer yeah. than that. Well, then, then see, like we went on a date and now we're friends. It feels like ah, he's like waiting for a loose ball. 
Right. So I also, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's to answer his question. I think you could ghost them. <laughs> <laughs> like okay. what you said is really dope, but I don't know. Like, what you I don't from? think you need to ghost them. I know that's immature. I'm, but I'm always I, a fan of, uh, to quote the great philosopher, Ali Wong, clarity is kindness. It is. It's super kind, but what do you owe someone you went on a date with? Asian philosopher, Ali Wong. Um, (laughs) Confucius? No. No, Um, Ali Wong. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I believe that clarity is kindness. And there's no downside to being communicative with somebody in this scenario. But here's the thing. The downside is the reality. I 100% agree with you. I like being communicative. The problem is that sometimes like, it's like, fuck, like, I don't want to have this conversation. I think you're better at having those conversations. I'm pretty good, but there are times where I'm just like, now I got to go tell someone that I don't like those emotional conversations. And even though this can be quite, there's a chance they could take it wrong. Now you're like in a thing. I had a conversation the other day with a friend and uh, we'll call him friend. And we were talking about the amount of honesty. We were talking about how COVID, how the lockdown is going to affect relationships in the future. Meaning what people are learning from this. His premise was that people's standards are going to change. We were talking about women. He was talking about women in particular, but he was saying that he believes women's standards are going to change. Kind of like a little less demanding, a little bit like a little bit more like a trade-off where it's like, okay, man, you're in charge of uh, secure physical security, getting you go to the store, you could whatever the like the division of labor very clear and kind of stereotypical in that being being of single he was talking about he was he'd spoken to a bunch of single women who feel really lonely and exposed and not endangered during during lockdown but like you know a bit of like someone could come in here and kill me and nothing would happen or they don't want to leave their house after dark or just a bunch of, you know, like the streets are empty. It's just a little bit apocalyptic. Mm -hmm. And what do you, what do you need from a man and what can your standards be? And we were, so we were talking about like people just being like more open relationships, right? Like that might be a thing. People Mm -hmm. are, that's a more acceptable thing. Cause it's like, ah, we just, we're roommates who fuck, whatever. But I was saying the interesting, he's like, I believe that more people are going to bring it up in relationships. And, and, uh, and, I, and I said, yeah, because being honest, being honest is so, it's really hard in the short term and really great in the long term. And the, the, especially in relationships, in if you share a hard thing with a girlfriend or boyfriend, it's, it can be uncomfortable for 10, 20 minutes, but at, once you get past it, you want to fuck each other more. Yeah, for sure. It's this weird sort of counterintuitive thing, 
where once you get over the precipice, you are actually closer. Right. It's like the vulnerability and we jumped through, like we walked through the fire and like, we're still here. That felt really yes. unsafe, but yes. I'm okay, cool. I didn't die. And I thought and I was going to hurt you and you seem okay. And I was scared and did it like the litany of things. Yeah, exactly. And, um, that's the, so that's why I'm in favor of just say it. No, for sure. I, I, I think that's good. I think I'm being a little bit immature, but I just do well, know that. you're an that immature some- person. Go ahead. Well, I learned it from watching you, Dad. Mm. So I, um, I think that I think sometimes you can be clear and people don't get the hint. And I'm not saying this is the situation for him. Maybe I'm just projecting, but it seems like sometimes it's like, dude, how much do I motherfucking owe you? Like, we don't know each other. Like, the girl no is like, maybe, like, maybe next time. Sure, why not? Um, I don't know. Those are no. That's no. Yes. That's no. Why do I have to punish you and say something mean? But then again, it's like, well, why not? I'm both. I'm just like, but then fuck it. If he wants to know, just tell him. Like, one of my girlfriends, this guy, she was like, I don't feel it. They stopped talking. He hit him, hit her up again. I was like, well, why exactly? She's like, I just didn't, there was not a lot of laughter. Don't ask for months, it. Months later, she's like, can you just be honest with me and tell me exactly why, what I did that? And she was just like, dude, no. It's like, you want me to stomp on your nuts? Yeah, no, I don't, that's, me. I will literally will not, I will not uh, tell people why. Because it's personal. No, it's it's not personal. It's, like, it's my personal business. It's just specifically, it's like, Telling a shoe size why it didn't work for you. Like, well, size <laughs> 11, so... you're fucked up. It's like, no, there's nothing fucked up about size 11. That's just the size of the shoe. That's it. It's not a personal, but and it's impossible for people to hear things right. that are as basic as you, you're a size 11 shoe and I'm a size uh, nine foot. People... Cannot not take that personally. No. It, and it hurts them in a very deep level that they won't ever forget. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, why, do, why do all that? Yeah. Um, okay. So. Goodbye. All right. Good. Let's read some. This one's long. You've got Can mail. You and it's a, it? it's hard because it's like dense. I see Basically, STDs. Yeah. It's about a woman. Uh, after listening to last week's pod where the woman discussed her feelings, questions about how to navigate her new world with having HPV. I have to admit, I kind of felt you both were slightly too dismissive about it and sort of neglected to put yourself mentally in that position before offering advice. As someone with herpes now for four years, uh, hold for applause. I have to agree (laughs) with the feelings this person has felt as I too once had my whole game strong and have since become celibate myself as it's way more comfortable to me than facing all the rejection. That's fucking interesting. Um. It's because then the option becomes either lie or talk to a virtual stranger about your vaginal health. And that's a fucking tough position. Um, I, too, have wondered why there isn't a dating app for herpes STI, so I'm glad I'm not alone in that. While I understand the nonchalant thought of, oh, well, they didn't tell me, I don't have to tell, really tell the next guy. I also understand that's not entirely what either of you meant to it sound like, but it's kind of what the sound and whatever. 
I also empathize with the feeling I had when I first got it and how hard I was that I wasn't told either. I even went as far as to try and hope for the good in people, even though I obviously knew I was trying to be blindly optimistic. And once I found out I had it, I contacted the person I knew I got it from and respectfully told him that I wasn't sure if he was aware or not that he had it, but he should go get tested to be sure. Well, that just got me blocked on all social media and messaging. So that obviously confirmed he knowingly gave it to me and was ready to be on to the next one, uh, which as a side note, I kind of think was silly because considering we both have it now, uh, I would feel safe to assume what would be the harm in pursuing a relationship after that, LOL, but I digress. Um, uh, as I previously mentioned, consider considering I choose celibacy over explanation, I'd be interested in what advice you would have on how to go about navigating those waters, like I said, while putting yourself mentally in that position. Uh, yeah, uh, she says, I don't know that I'm necessarily depressed or feel an extreme need to be in a relationship, but I'm also 30 and at times do feel a moment of sadness grieving that part of my life being over. Also, I think it's worth mentioning, I've been on medication at least three years straight now. And that's because while usually herpes takes a while to appear once contracted, I was in one of the unlucky minority that had an outbreak a week or so uh, or less after the week after the I had sex with the person. Furthermore, typically the first outbreak is the worst. And then many people experience very few far between. Again, I, I don't fucking know. I don't know. She's I don't know what I would do. Unlucky one that has it. No, but I don't. She's ba- the question's the question. What's the question? The question is: Should I? What? How do I fucking talk to people about this? You know what you do, girl. What you do is you start your own fucking dating app, and then turn this lemon into lemonade, and then you'll find someone else with herpes, and then and then just have uh, the drop down menu can be fucking STDs. Like I don't know. Don't feel bad for yourself. You're awesome. And you have a lot to give, and there's not there's a lot of not shallow people out there. And if you were on like medication and it's being suppressed and treated, I think that I just think yeah. it's hard to. I, I think, think if it, you yes, I think it's a hard discussion to have after a night, though. I think it's. What I don't saying. think you should tell it at first. I think you should wait. Yeah, but also wait to have sex, and then just say, "Hey, I have this thing," and then be really honest. But I also think the depression is because you think you're dirty now and you're not as good and you're damaged goods and like who would want me and i'm sure your standards are lower you would probably accept something less than you would have before because you're like well at least he and don't just flip this flip that because in the end that's only gonna contribute you to having a less of like a standard of living just because mentally you're so defeated and i just don't think I think you just need to get over it. Okay, it is what it is. You got it. You got the herp. And you need to just be okay with it and and just go into dating or whatever with that in mind, you know, because you don't have any other option other than to just go so deep into yourself and depressed and thinking you're gross. You know, it just, it just feels like a path of self-destruction if you start believing i also and this is anecdotal but whenever i hear people are not that judgmental about stds and i also got to say you couldn't find a better audience than a horny man (laughs) 
in terms no. of giving the news of like, oh, by the way, I have herpes and just wear a condom and I'm on medication. I haven't had an right, outbreak. Right. And I don't have an outbreak point. right now. And yeah. I know. Like, it seemed like she doesn't get them often, but I don't, I couldn't keep reading. Uh, I have things to do. Um, but, uh, but I think that you, like I said, you could not, I bet that's a pretty good, that's a good audience. Yeah. Um, and it's don't, deep. Don't sell yourself short. Like, Bianca, I think you're right and intelligent. And this woman's fucking smart as shit just based on the density of the ideas in the letter. So, um, girl, you're smart. You got a lot going for you. I feel uh, like she's going to meet somebody and then she's going to think back and was like, wow, I didn't actually know I was capable of this. Like, I didn't know I could find, you know, like, I think once she accepts it a little bit more and doesn't lower her standards, I think... You know, she'll find herself in a relationship or in some sort of connection that does. I guess I should also mention fearful. I get cold sores and I've gotten them since I was a little kid. Like, and I get them, I probably get one every 18 months. Okay. And so it's like embarrassing because you can't tell people, like, I've had it. That was, <laughs> <laughs> um, and nobody, nobody cares. Like, no, nobody's I think- like, whoa, whoa. Like, I, if I have one, I'm like, just, we were just talking tonight. Handjobs. Well, only. the um, funny thing, you know, it's funny. There was um, the end of the world podcast was when D- uh, Trump was getting elected, and they did it at the store. So it was like Rogan, Doug Stanhope, um, just Stanhope openly Ber- talks about it, right? So Stanhope and Rogan were going at it because he was like, Rogan gets cold sores on his mouth, and then he's like, he's like, I got the good stuff, I got the general stuff, so <laughs> you don't know when my yeah, and I was like, yeah. oh. And then I Googled, because I was like, that's so funny. And then he mentioned something I Googled. And apparently, I can't remember what decade. I think in the 70s, 60s or 70s, before, gentle herpes was seen as like not that big of a deal. And there was this whole campaign to, I get, fuck, I can't, I don't want to talk out of my ass. But basically, it was just seen as like the same thing. Just like on your coochie. And it went away and it is what it is. And there was this whole like, SC- you know, there was like an anti-marijuana campaign. Yeah. There was all these anti-SCD campaigns to like really stigmatize it and stuff. So I don't know. This, like the great Doug Stan, the great philosopher Doug Stanhope. You got the good one. Truly one of the greats and has a <laughs> uh, special coming out this week. Stanhope's one of the best Stanhope. comedians in the world. Did I tell you I actually, I kept calling him uh, Brian Holtzman? Yeah, that's him. funny. Goodbye. Um, All right. I got to hurry up because I'm getting emails um, about other business. (laughs) Um, It's not all about you guys. Mm, Leave me alone. You've got Um, mail. Neil, regarding your comments about black relations, as a Mexican-American who grew up in Southern California and often visits family in Mexico and has many Latino friends, I can tell you... uh, that your comments related aren't entirely accurate. Reason I say that is because the opinions and views of Latinos vary drastically depending on your generation and where you're raised. I can tell you that Mexicans born in Mexico who immigrate to this country have a drastically different view than someone like myself who was born in the States to Mexican-born parents. And my views are also different than Mexican two generations removed from Mexico. Every generation further removed changes the perception that Mexicans have toward other races and towards other Mexicans. Uh, I personally know family members in Mexico who hate many of the Chicano Mexicans you see in movies like Training Day, the stereotypical cholo with the baggy dickies and white t-shirt, a.k.a. Mexicans. I'm kidding. 
um, or as I know them, Mexicans. Um, the reason being is that they are viewed as a horrible representation of what Mexicans are like. Uh, most of these cholos tend to be a few generations removed. This applies to other races as well. Uh, if you're viewed as low class, troublemaking, ratchet, uh, Mexi- many Mexicans uh, will have a negative view of that race. So this is more of a class culture issue than anything else. Trust me, within Mexicans themselves, there's a lot of hate stemming from the same culture class issues. Uh, the hate is spread evenly. Just ask a second or third generation Mexican who tries to go back to Mexico how they're treated. The expectation is that you get better, uh, uh, be just you as better. Mexican as us, or immediately you're labeled as a, a pocho, which is a Mexican version of whitewashed. Race is a fucking nightmare. <laughs> is the, is what is? Let me. The cliff right. notes on this letter is. Race is so fucking nuanced and subtle, and uh, just just be white, right? That's my anyway, just be white, guys. When it comes to race, you guys just be white. Um, that's all I can tell you. Goodbye, oh uh, Bianca. There's one that begins hello that is great that I want you okay. to read. You've got mail. Hi. Hello, quick one today. If you both could swap races for a week, what experiences would you strive to have during your time as a white person or a person of color? Stay safe. Love y'all. Um, you go. I would want... If I'm assuming I would be a... I'm going to go black woman, right? Because it's too... Because you're too... Well, black woman is... Black woman, because you're be. an everything bagel, which is it's reductive to say you're a black woman, but I think that's the to be. No, it's fine. Y- to me, you're less race. Your sort of headline isn't race. Your headline is um, gender and uh, char- charismatic sexuality. So that's that's not whatever. That's nothing. I'll take it. Um. um. I would say as a black woman, I I don't think I'd want to, I wouldn't experience the, I don't want to experience racism, any of that shit. I would want to experience how, what black art and or music does to black women it seems very different than what it does to me. <laughs> <laughs> Like if you watch the Jill Scott and Bad Do, yeah. like that, like, oh, like I this fucking it. thing. I don't even know what you can't get there as a white person. You literally cannot get there. White girls will try with like, whoa, like it just looks goofy. <laughs> whoa. I would try to get that that transcendent spiritual art, love, ebony experience. Just throw a Nubian. Yeah, Nubian. Yeah, Nubian's the only word. Yeah, like the Nubian mm, festival. <laughs> Sister girl. Like all that just like Sister girl. girl. Like, you know, like just fucking that. That Last looks. Day. That is something. Mm-hmm. Black. I feel like I have a black relationship with my black, some of my black friends, if that makes sense. Like as a. Not even like, I'm an honorary black man, but I don't believe my relationship with Dave is any different than Dave's relationship with the black person. I feel like you'd actually 
glean a lot of enjoyment that you wouldn't otherwise experience. As a black woman? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, that looks like, ah, that's something. (laughs) I don't, I literally, there's not a drug. There's nothing I could get to. (laughs) You just keep tapping into like, let me go back. Yeah. Um, I would. I think if I was you or a white guy, being Jonina Malkovich is what um, I keep going back (laughs) into. Jonina being a black girl. Stop Um, saying Jonina is not a word or a name. It's a black girl's name. I just made it up. (laughs) You're banned from being a black girl for that. Uh, Okay, so I would. I know. I would see how much shit I could get away with. I know. As a white man. Uh, I, without, I didn't. What does your white about. man look like? Who is your white man in your I head? Would, I'm basically Jill Scott in my, in my fantasy. In my, my, my Jonina Malkovich is Jill Scott. I would be, I don't know, like a, a brawny man with a suit, like a handsome white. Brawny, like bearded? No, like a little beard, just really charming, nice, tall. Um, warm like you Fit. just get a warm feeling when women see yeah. you smiley. Yeah. I yeah. would like to maintain my same personality. Uh, no, and- you can't. I mean, that's not the you. I you can't experience it with your personality. Fine, I fine. can't. I can't be Jill Scott. I, I have to be Jill Scott. Okay, but I'm just saying I would want a very like nice, kind, handsome, tall, um, white guy. And I would just see how much shit I could get away with. I just but think like it would be, what kind of shit? I don't know. I I I think I'd steal. I just would. I want to like White get away with. Why people can't steal? We're not allowed to steal. I just want to see what I could get away with. Cannot steal. Right. I just would do like I don't know. I think I would just think like okay, what can I like. Can I walk up? Like I think I would turn into uh, Tobey Maguire in Spider-Man Three. Just uh-huh. like right. just see how see like if I could um, exercise them. Test your powers. Most, yeah, test your powers. Uh, the most, I guess. I, I don't know dangerous parts of my personality. I wonder. Like again, not dangerous, but uh, wild. I feel like wi- uh, white dudes can get away with being wacky and weird and loud and but crazy. But we do it. White men express that in a different way, which is like jumping off roofs and fucking, you know what I mean? Might like, be, I might jump off a roof. Presumptuous. Right. Well, that's what I would do. I would just see how much I could get away with personality-wise. might steal something. Okay. I mean, I feel like I gave a more what I was getting at. What feeling are you getting? Would you get at as a white man? What feeling do you think white men experience that what that you cannot experience? Is that oh, even just a like thing? I would like to feel that like thrill, you know, of like people kind of going along with what I'm doing. I don't have to explain myself as much. I, mean, I don't know if this would happen, but I feel like white people, white men can get their thrills out a little bit easier. So I'd like to feel feel that thrilling feel of getting to indulge in great enjoy skydiving i Um, have already thank you uh uh, yeah but not as a white man 
uh, <laughs> white man. They, you don't have to wear a parachute. Um, oh yeah, they, they come that's and true. You a I had a, when uh, I skydive. I got to wrap oh, you it. to go. All right, let's do it. I got to wrap. Bye. It. Um, but uh, you're great, and I'm crazy about you. How Neil feel? What Binky <laughs> thinking? Song. You'll feel. <laughs> I think. Okay, if you think, if we're just gonna think about it, you'll feel. <laughs> and that's kind of what everyone is doing. 